I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Nova Society. So today, Brooklyn and I will be discussing book banning, the legislative and activist trend of banning books in schools and libraries. Let's listen in. All right, Brooke. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about the book banning as relates to schools. Some government officials and some agencies are promoting certain books be banned. So uh, what do you think? Well, as the child of a librarian, encouraged to read and allowed to read anything I wanted. And my mother didn't check what I read, so I was able to read. Didn't matter to her what I read. I read Frankenstein when I was seven. So some of the books that I read, my mother had already read. Some of those she had not. She never read Jaws, for example. So it didn't matter to her what the content was. Because of that, I am absolutely not a person who supports any banning of any book whatsoever. If a parent doesn't want a child to read a certain book, then the parent individually can say to the child, no, I don't want you to read that. The public libraries, the school libraries need to have any book, every book, to ban Charlotte's Web, Black Beauty, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, it does seem like a very interesting group of of books yeah. that they've determined. The Harry Potter series. We're Harry banning Harry Potter series. series because you're we're teaching you witchcraft. It's I know. Like, it's... Are we in like the 15th century here? Exactly. I mean, Fahrenheit 451, Animal Farm. I mean, give it the Grapes of Wrath. To Kill a Mockingbird. I think exactly. it, To Kill a Mockingbird was one of those... I think probably, what was it, ninth, eighth or ninth grade? That was almost a required, that was a staple. It just goes back to this idea that people are saying, well, it, it's woke. It's it's not woke. I mean, first of all, the people that say that don't understand what woke means. But we allow Mein Kampf to still remain on the shelves, which it, I find very interesting. Yeah, and, and people, I, I don't understand what people are afraid of. I mean, it's a book. And, and I took a look at, New York State. Apparently, uh, at least according to uh, uh, NPR for, out from Buffalo, four school districts, and they don't say which ones, have banned, and none of them are in western New York, which is where I'm located, books, and they don't say which school districts. And it's very interesting that an individual um, had created a, uh, a group called in, in 2021, apparently, called Moms for Liberty, chapter in, in Erie County of something called Moms for Liberty, which is uh, a, a group based from Florida, unsurprisingly. And it apparently has over 200 chapters that apparently it's, quote, fighting for the survival of America by unifying, educating, and empowering parents to defend their parental rights. Now, by, and they call themselves Moms for Liberty. And I find that so amusing because they're going to deprive other parents and children of the liberty to choose what books are available to read thereby restrict what children have to think about, which is the opposite of what liberty actually is. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah, it is kind of an oxymoron there. It is. I, I mean, it, and the funny thing about Moms from Liberty, I read uh, just today. Of course, Ron DeSantis, as we all know, did uh, did a bit of a, a bill uh, basically giving them some power over Disney. 
And who is one of the people that he appointed to the board? Somebody from Moms from Liberty. That and a a, a far right pastor and you know a, a far right uh, lawyer. Uh, again, I agree with you in the sense that it truly is an oxymoron of a uh, of a name. Liberty means having freedom. But what this group is basically saying is, you have the freedom that we choose you should have. Exactly. I, I think, again, the biggest thing I go back to is what are they so afraid of? And I really guess I'm really surprised because, again, most of the the, the parents uh, today in their 30s and 40s who are a bit younger than we are, they read these books. I assume. I would assume. I would assume. I mean, I don't think it changed that much in 20 years from when we were in, in grade school to when they were in grade. I know that my children read these books. And they're in their from early 30s to to early 40s. Uh, They read them. Why would parents who read these books, who know what they are, why would they support banning them? Or is this just, I guess I kind of look at it and I say, well, maybe it's just this very small group. And I always say it's, it's, you know, go back to my grandfather's statement. It's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. This is is just the loudest. To me, it's very concerning. I always tell my students, if a book's banned, that's a book worth reading. I know that you had the same program that I had in, in college. And just think of some of the books that we had. I remember getting stopped in an airport flying down to Fort Lauderdale because in my backpack, I had Mein Kampf. I had the handbook of the IRA. I had, you know, like five or six of these because we were studying war, genocide, and terrorism. And I remember the look that I got from the TSA as they're going through this. And I, I got stopped for about 45 minutes because they were like, what is all this? Yes. If I'm going to be a terrorist, I'm going to be walking around with five books that basically tell me how to be a terrorist because I'm going to read it on the plane. So I could figure out how to do it when I get it. Really? Is that, is that the way you really think that this thing works? But (laughs) I, I, I know it's and one one aspect of the article from the Buffalo NPR of of this particular woman uh, in Erie County who started the the chapter. Apparently, one statement that she made is that she woke up during the pandemic, and it doesn't say she has not said what she woke up to or what she woke up from. At least not that I'm noticing from from the article. And I don't understand what it is that she feels she is now awake to or what she felt in the past she was asleep i would i would love to see uh, first of all people would have to be taught how how to write an academic article i want to see a compelling and properly cited and researched and referenced article or paper from each individual parent of these moms for liberty and each of these individuals who argues for book banning, I want to see arguments for and against book banning. And I want to see what their arguments are. I really well, I want to see. I think that's what an unrealistic is. expectation. I mean, because you're not going to get it out of this group. Oh, no, no, no. I understand that. But I really, I'm very, very, very curious. I want to know what it is, as you say, what are such individuals afraid of? If they don't want their children reading that stuff, that's fine. They can tell their children, I don't want you to read that. The children can say, why not? But And then I'm, that's the battle they have to fight. Exactly. Exactly. But by 
eliminating the book from the shelf, then they don't have to say to their child, I don't want you to read that. And they don't have to have their child say, well, why not? How come? Well, what, what, why are you denying me this? Then they don't have to have that difficult conversation with their child. There's no conversation at all because the book's not available. Instead of liberty, in fact, maybe it's liberty for, for they themselves as a parent, because now their parenting job is that much easier. The book is simply not available. Of course, the children can find many of these books online, such as through Gutenberg uh, Press, which is free online books, Alice in Wonderland, Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer. Many books are available online. I mean, the moment the book American Psycho was published and I learned that many libraries were refusing to carry it because of uh, its content, I called up my local public library and asked if they carried it and they did and I said is your copy in and they said yes and of course I immediately went tootling down to the library and took it out and read it and this is one of the few books I did not finish because of the content that I found honestly quite vile and needlessly so so that one I can understand that I don't think a teenager would need to read well, yeah, but I, you know, it, we can't. Again, I wouldn't mandate it. You could put a warning label on the answer. And I think I think that's what it, it's like when the uh, motion picture industry came out with the rating system. Exactly. Okay, if you're going to go into a library and you're going to have a rating system on books, which okay, if that's what you want to do. I mean, if you want to go to the effort to be able to do that, pornography. I, I'm I'm not a fan of pornography. However, it is. As it has been proven numerous times in in you know Supreme Court rulings, uh, when Hustler was arguing with Jerry Falwell and all these other things, it it's still a matter of free speech. Would I advocate it for a child? Absolutely not. Do I advocate it for an adult? No, I do not. However, the fact that if we had a rating system and that was monitored by the librarians, which I mean they're very good at monitoring things, I I think probably this would not be such the issue that we seem to think that it is today. And I would really like to know of these, you know, these Mothers for Liberty, how many of them have children that play the online video games, Mm -hmm. which are far more, in in many cases, destructive than any book could possibly be. Yes, or watch the news. Or watch, Um, absolutely. I mean, do you turn off Fox News? Are you eliminating all this stuff? My concern is, is that it's creating a generation of children who see this as normal. Mm-hmm. That is that in itself is concerning. I always said my parents were more liberal than my grandparents. I'm more liberal than my parents. My children are more liberal than I am. However, and I won't say liberal, I'll say more progressive. I look at my grandchildren and I say, are they going to go backwards? Are they going to become my grandparents? Is that what's going to happen here? Because the availability of materials that should not in any way be restricted is being restricted by government agencies. It it seems like an almost backward evolution of society. Yes. Yes. And I agree with, I agree with your point. In a lot of cases, it's parents taking things off the shelf so they don't have to deal with it. That's part of parenting. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do it, don't become a parent. Correct. That is all there is to it. Parenting is hard. It's supposed to be hard. If you if you are going to relegate your parent abilities to the government to, and make them ban things so you don't have to do with it, deal with it, 
What are you being a parent for? And these are probably the same people that said, my body, my choice, as it comes to the vaccine. And the masking. And the masking, because I have freedom and liberty, but who have probably never once questioned the fact that every single child that goes into public school today must have a vaccination record of certain, you know, smallpox, uh, rubella, polio, all this. They have to have it or you don't get in. So there, there's such a disconnect here. Uh, and in many ways, it's a hypocrisy. I don't know. I, I look at it and I say, maybe we're evolving backwards as far as socially is concerned. But it seems to be a small group. I don't, I don't think it's a big group. I think it's a very small group. I hope it's a small group, Mark. And what troubles me is that the more genuine social problems we have, climate change, genuine economic problems, globalism, war, challenges with shortages in raw materials, perhaps because of pandemics, because of wars, because of whatever reason it might be, the more marginalized groups are going to be blamed, the more people are going to micromanage what they can control and begin to hone in on tiny areas of life to make themselves feel that these are the real problems and that by controlling these, we don't have to pay attention to anything else. And I would totally agree with that. Yeah, that that I find incredibly alarming. Yes, and I, and I do as well. Like I say, I think our society is beginning to take a step backwards. And, and, oh, absolutely. And absolutely. that's and w- once you take this step backwards, where else are you going to take a step backwards? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the progress we made in the sixties and seventies and I, and again, it was progress. It wasn't what everything needed to be done as far as, uh, racial equality and things like that. Women equality. Are, are we going to start taking a, an evolutionary step backwards when it comes to that? Because once it starts, it is, and I hate to use the term, it is a slippery slope. Yeah. Once you start, it's very, very difficult to stop. So there you have our thoughts regarding this rather troubling social issue, book banning in libraries and schools in today's America. We'd like to thank the Journal of Interdisciplinary Conflict Science for supporting this episode and remind everyone that the JCIS will be coming out with its next issue sometime this summer. We will keep you up to date when that happens. So if you have any questions or comments about the episode or any topics you'd like us to discuss, you may contact us at nova.society.podcast at gmail.com. We'd like to thank everyone for listening, and we will see you in our next episode.